Welcome to Signal from the Noise by Podcast Notes, the best ideas from the world's best podcasts in minutes. Please enjoy the notes from Trey Stevens, Find Good Quests, Invest Like the Best with Patrick O'Shaughnessy Episode 319. Intro. Trey Stevens is a partner at Founders Fund and co-founder and executive chairman of Onderall. In this conversation, Trey Stevens and Patrick O'Shaughnessy discuss choosing good quests, American dynamism, his experience at Palantir, lessons learned from Peter Thiel, starting Onderall, the state of defense technology, progress stagnation, what he and Founders Fund looks for in Founders, religion, virtue, and more. Check out these podcast notes from Palmer Lucky's Fireside Chat in Australia. Host, Patrick O'Shaughnessy, underscore O'Shag. We need more low-margin businesses. Trey argues that a lot of high-margin software businesses have no impact on society, and sometimes even a negative impact on society. There are high-margin software companies that do important things, but many are related to advertising, capturing human attention, or creating obscure developer tools for enterprises. These software companies pull talented engineers away from working on more important problems. Important problems are often solved by businesses with low margins building with atoms, and not exclusively bits. Low margin businesses are harder to start and operate, but that does not make them any less important. A Thanos snap but for spark human progress. If Trey Stevens could snap his fingers and bring something into existence, he would choose unlimited, zero-emission energy. Providing unlimited, zero-emission energy to the world would enable every other industry in ways that we cannot imagine. American Dynamism Catherine Boyle of A16Z coined the term American Dynamism to categorize companies building in the hard tech space, often government-facing, and often for national security. These companies do not exclusively have to be patriotic or nationalistic to fit in the category. Perhaps the dynamism part is even more important than the American part of it. Read more on American dynamism and Catherine Boyle. Making money is the mission of most technology founders, whether they say it out loud or not. Founders in the dynamism category are creating teams that are more mission-oriented than your average technology company people who choose to join these companies are choosing to solve the strategically important problems instead of taking the easy path. They want to work at companies that are building techno-optimist solutions for the future. Choose Good Quests Trey Stevens and Marky Wagner co-authored a piece for Pirate Wires titled Choose Good Quests, where they underscore the importance of society's best players choosing important problems to work on. Many successful founders work on really boring things in their second act, Thankfluencer on Twitter, enterprise software as a service venture capitalist, goofy lifestyle business, etc. They choose to build what everyone else is building but attach their brand to it in hopes that their brand is what makes their second act successful. These projects do not advance humanity. Trey Stevens encourages the powerful, second act founders to start the companies that are hard to start, such as defense technology, energy, and semiconductor companies. Why many people are on no quest at all. Trey thinks there is a lack of passion that comes out of the general liberal arts mindset. Young people are told not to specialize and to be jack of all trades, and then are told in college to pick the thing that they want to do for the rest of their life. This may be creating an identity crisis in the younger generation. It is difficult for young people to devote themselves to a single career and have a good reason for doing so. Many young people default to tracked behaviors where they choose the safer, 
consensus next step over and over again. They keep pushing decisions further out into the future, then get into their mid-30s and have no idea how they ended up where they are. It is best to lean into your passions and overinvest in them. Society must also encourage people to be spiky instead of only encouraging people to be well-rounded. Trey's most impactful calls to adventure. Trey has always been interested in geopolitics and international relations. In high school, Trey wanted to be a foreign correspondent for a major media company. After 9-11, he changed course and decided to pursue foreign policy and security studies. He never thought he would end up in the technology industry. He worked for the government after attending Georgetown and only got into the technology industry after seeing a Palantir demo. He joined Palantir pretty early, worked in its sales department, and got to know Peter Thiel. In 2013, Peter Thiel asked Trey to join him at Founders Fund. He had no experience or ever thought he would work in venture capital. Each one of these career progressions has drawn him closer to his original interests of geopolitics and national security. Founding Onderal In his early days at Founders Fund, Trey Stevens was trying to find the next Palantir or SpaceX. He met with every defense tech founder that was willing to meet with him but did not find any company that was addressing the Pentagon's core problems. He was looking for a 21st century reboot of Lockheed Martin, but it did not exist. A software-focused defense prime with ambitions plans to leverage technology and decrease defense spend while increasing capabilities. The Founders Fund team encouraged Trey to start that very company. He was already friends with Palmer Lucky from the Oculus days and knew that he had an interest in national security. While at Facebook, Palmer told Trey that he was probably going to get fired soon, he was right. In 2017, Trey Stevens and Palmer Lucky launched Underall Industries. If a company is going to work, each team member must leverage their own superpower to achieve the company's audacious goal. Each team member should do the thing that is in their own superpower lane. Society must push people towards leveraging their superpower to solve core problems. The most impactful deterrence technologies today. Nuclear deterrence does not work today as it did in the Cold War. There must be a credible threat of someone actually doing something. In Ukraine, Trey has observed a level of gamesmanship around nuclear deterrence. The conversation is more oriented towards tactical nukes in combat and not strategic nukes on cities. As a result, the United States has not been able to leverage strategic American nuclear deterrence as a capability to deter conflict. Deterrence involves much more than just the nuclear regime of capabilities. Cost deterrence, the ability to counter an adversary's offensive in a way that is significantly more costly to them than you. Consider the opposite of this as well, when it is very inexpensive for an adversary to go on the offensive and very expensive to counter it. Modern warfare increasingly consists of low-cost systems like drones, in the single-digit million-dollar range, that require dollar-two-plus-million-dollar missiles to be shot down. This trade does not make a lot of sense. Onderl is focused on reducing the cost to counter conflict to the point that the trade-off is no longer worth making. The adversary must know that Onderl's product will prevent their offensive from happening, and that the defensive cost to prevent it is far lower than the offensive cost to launch it. Learning defense tech principles at Palantir. Paranoia was the reason that Palantir survived. Palantir developed all types of antibodies to ensure the organization had the right level of paranoia. 
Trey wants to observe paranoia in founders, he does not want to invest in overconfident founders who think that everything is going to be easy. Why the big defense primes have stagnated. There are a lot of smart, capable, and patriotic people that work at the primes. The prime stagnation is not due to malintent. The big defense primes are effectively government agencies that respond to the incentives presented to them. Defense innovation happened fast during the Cold War. Trey recommends the book Skunk Works, a personal memoir of my years at Lockheed by Ben Rich for anyone interested in the history of defense technology. The pace of defense innovation significantly decreased starting in the 1990s. The stagnation is largely due to the forced consolidation of the defense industry that was prompted by the Last Supper in 1993. In 1993, the Secretary of Defense William Perry pulled together the large defense contractors and effectively told them to consolidate or die. He told them that the Cold War was over and that they would have to get much more efficient in their spending and operations. By the end of the 1990s, 107 firms had become five. Today, commercial technologies are the types of tech that matter most to the Department of Defense. These commercial technologies are not being created at the DoD or by the primes, they are being created by the private sector. New entrants should be creating the new technologies that the DoD needs. However, the DoD system still functions in a way that makes it challenging for new entrants to break into the industry. A heroic, charismatic champion is needed to come and reset the culture so the system can work how it needs to work so the United States can be prepared for conflict in the future. Innovation Theater it has never been easier to win a pilot with the government. Quote, the DOD has done a really good job at creating theater around their innovation efforts. Trey Stevens. Organizations like the Defense Innovation Unit, TIU, and NQTEL do great work, but it is still very difficult for the government to transition to new technology. Palantir SpaceX, an honorable focus on the DOD's core programs. They are not trying to win every non-dilutive grant from the innovation budget. They focus on winning the multi-billion dollar contracts that will fund the technologies that will move the needle in the next conflict. This is a top-down and bottoms-up strategy. Many entrepreneurs building in the government tech space think the world is a field of dreams. Building a great product is not enough. The customer will not come unless you figure out some strategy or advantage that you can lever to make sure your product is actually going to be used as designed by the people it was intended for. Lobbyists. Lobbyists have a poor reputation, perhaps unfairly. The founding fathers could literally read every document during their day, but today's members of Congress maybe have expertise in one field. Maybe, most members of Congress are professional politicians have not done anything prior to their career in politics. Effectively, lobbyists provide information to the members of Congress related to the things they vote on. Lobbyists consume information, communicate the information to their network who work in critical offices on Capitol Hill, which tend to be committee-based, and hopefully, this is done in a way that helps members of Congress be more informed on the issues they vote on. There is not an efficient alternative to the current lobbyist model. For founders working in the defense tech or government tech space, it is best to hire a lobbyist as early as possible. Two days after Underall started Palmer, Trey, and Brian were walking around the Capitol briefing people on what the company was doing and going to do. Peter Thiel's view on competition, medic theory.
Peter Thiel's view on competition was largely influenced by René Girard, who was well known for his work on mimetic theory. Check out these podcast notes on mimetic theory. Most conflict over scarce resources does not arise from differences, but from similarities. Mimetic theory, people want what other people want. Mimetic desire is the primary motivation for conflict in society because we are all going after the scarce resources that other people want. In highly competitive spaces, all the capital gets competed away. Things become monopolies when someone has an idea that someone else doesn't have. Check out these podcast notes on Peter's book 0 to 1. Trey Stevens and Founders Fund look to invest in companies that have natural monopolies. They look for people with contrarian ideas who are not just moving in the direction that the crowd is pulling them. Peter Thiel's observation from his book Many of the founders of the most impactful technology companies were slightly off, socially. They did not have the highest emotional intelligence. The most successful founders in history did not have a mimetic contagion gene that was in constant pursuit of social validation and that would have influenced them to build the things that everyone else was building. Hunting for disagreeableness in founders The first question that Trey Stevens asks in every pitch meeting is, what is the origin story of this business? Asking this question is the easiest way to measure disagreeableness in founders. Many companies are started by whiteboard founders, where the idea is secondary to them being an entrepreneur. Trey looks for founders who believe in their idea, despite most of their peers potentially disagreeing with them about it, and who are willing to put their reputation on the line to prove that they are right. The best origin story Trey has heard came from Ryan Peterson of Flexport. After first meeting Ryan, Founders Fund thought he was either the strangest and most passionate person they had ever met, or that he was on drugs. No one is more passionate about international freight logistics than Ryan. After identifying an arbitrage opportunity, Ryan moved to China to export ATVs and bath fittings back to the United States. He learned to speak Mandarin and started a company called Import Genius that funded what became Flexport. Founders Fund invests in entrepreneurs who were born to run their company. Progressing as an investor. Despite recent macroeconomic conditions, there are still enough one founders in sectors that matter that Founders Fund wants to invest in. Founders must have a thoughtful approach to how they take on capital so their company is not unnecessarily put in a bad place as a result of their capital strategy. Playing a supporting role. Trey could not do what he does today without gaining supporting role experience at Palantir, a role he worked in for six years. He is shocked that more people do not seek out supporting roles. Working and learning about an industry in a supporting role is 100x better than graduate school, according to Trey Stevens. He encourages people to work in supporting roles and to build relationships prior to diving into venture capital or entrepreneurship. Having experience in a supporting role makes you more qualified in venture capital investing in entrepreneurship at a later point. Entrepreneurship Insights Fundraising is a skill. At least one person on the founding team needs to be really good at fundraising. Entrepreneurs erroneously think that their company will automatically get funding if they have a good idea, but that is not the case. Entrepreneurs must take self-ownership when it comes to raising money for their business. Having the willingness to do whatever role needs to be done, regardless of how high status or low status the role appears to be, is a strong indicator of successful entrepreneurs. Lessons learned from Lauren Gross Lauren Gross is a partner and COO at Founders Fund. 
Lauren is the greatest of all time when it comes to operations at a venture fund. She is an expert at navigating the relationship gaps between high EQ and low EQ people. The quality of a venture capital firm's fund manager is undervalued. Quote Lauren adds stability to the fund in a way that Peter, even at his best, wouldn't be able to do. Trey Stevens. Saul, Trey's new company. Trey is a VR enthusiast and a voracious reader. Most of the future VR technology is limited by physics. There is basic science research that must advance before Ready Player One type VR technology will exist. However, it is possible to build single-purpose VR devices today that do really cool things. Trey wanted to build a VR device for reading, essentially an e-book on your face. He started the company Saul to build the product, which is now in the prototype stage and set to release in the fall of 2023. Religion, Relativism, Virtue People tend to drift away from religious traditions if they don't make it their own. Spiritual experiences can derive a deeper meaning for life. Find the expression of traditions and experiences that most resonate with you. Trey believes that we each have a sacred vocation. It does not matter what you do. You have an opportunity to do something that is good for you and good for the world. The alternative is also true, so it is up to you which future you want to help create. Ask yourself what you are uniquely suited to do to contribute to a greater good. We live out truth, justice, and morality in our interactions with ourselves, family, and co-workers, and with our quest. People need to speak up more against the obvious moral shortcomings in a relativistic society. The emptiness caused by relativism drains your soul of all of its energy, according to Trey. There are many efforts to fill the God-shaped hole, but many are only temporary and lack truth. Moral relativism lacks a foundation that leaves people feeling lonely, frustrated, and empty. The unifying characteristic of people saying, I believe that there is truth in the world, and a willingness to stand up and use the wisdom and foundation to inform how you live your life, create a sense of belonging, community wonder, and appreciation for the world. This leads people into having a more optimistic expression of the At the end of the day, isn't that what Silicon Valley is all about? It is dangerous to think about virtue as some old historic relic. Virtue exists in every culture and is critical for happiness. We lose the wonders of virtue when we rely on ourselves as the source of all truth. The kindest thing that anyone has ever done for Trey Stevens. Trey was rejected by every college he applied to. Sobbing on the couch and questioning whether or not he overshot his ambitions for life, his mother asked, where do you want to go to college? He said Georgetown, and she said, okay, we're going to get you a plane ticket, you're going to fly there and tell the dean of admissions that that is where you are going to college, that's the plan, let's take action on that plan. As crazy as this plan was, it worked, and it changed the entire trajectory of Trey's life. She pushed Trey, in a moment of weakness, down a path of courage that told him the story was not yet written, and that he had the ability to impact the final story. That wraps up the notes for this episode. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. Don't forget to go to podcastnotes.org and subscribe to our free newsletter. The Top 10 Ideas of the Week. Every Monday.